Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Serwick here again with Mike Meredith. Mike, how are you doing this fine Thursday evening? Pretty good, man. Ready to hop into this episode. Oh, yeah, lots to talk about. Uh, real quick before we get in, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do Thursday night football, and then we're gonna talk the World Series here. So, uh, real quick though, Thursday night football about to kick off in about ten minutes now from now. Uh, it's the Titans uh, on the road in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a three-point favorite in this one. Um, look, this is not a very exciting game for, for primetime. Uh, that seems to be a theme uh, lately the last few years. We've had a lot of shitty games on, on Thursday night. But uh, look, I'm going to go with the home team in this one, man. Uh, I just I can't believe in the Titans. Um, and, and the Steelers just, while they have a winning record, they're playing a lot better than anyone expected. The Titans, man, they just they just can't get it done against any teams that they really should be able to beat uh, week in, week out. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here, man. Uh, what are your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers as well. Um, you know, the Titans, they definitely played uh, better last week. You know, they beat the Colts. But I just I don't have faith in them. It seems like they are one of the teams that are always up and down no matter what all the time. So I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going with the the Steelers, they always find a way to somehow win. Kenny Pickett's back for the game today, so I think the Steelers will pull it out. I think that three-point line is pretty, pretty fair. I think it'll be a pretty close game. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Kenny Pickett is back, so that definitely helps uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they don't have to deal with uh, Trubisky anymore. So, uh, yeah, should be a good game here, at least for the Steelers. So, anyways, man, last night, we had the World Series winner, uh, Texas, winning it five nothing uh, last night to win the first franchise, uh, first World Series in franchise history. Um, man, that that was an exciting game last night. Yeah, it was, man. And uh, I know Texas, you know, they really came out late. It's pretty much a pitching duel through most of it, man. Like six or seven innings, scoreless. Uh, Texas breaking the open and uh, getting that W, man. I, I really thought Arizona would win and then Texas would win in game six, but not the case, man. The gentleman's sweep, Texas gets their first championship in the franchise history, man. Yeah, it was a pretty good pitching battle through six innings. It was 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, and, then, and then, you know, Garver opened up the, uh, the, uh, the scoring, sending Seager home and from there, it was just uh, you know a uh, just a, a, a shutout for for Texas man. Uh, I know Semyon had a uh, had a homer to had a two run home run in the ninth to really just seal the deal, um, and then a strikeout to end the game uh, last mm-hmm. night. And you know it, it couldn't have gone any more perfect for Texas. It was the the gentleman's sweep, um, but yeah, man. What a what a uh, a World Series, man! A lot, uh, and both these teams weren't even uh, close to the playoffs last year, and now this year both of them make it to the World Series. Very under the radar teams, uh, especially uh, Arizona. Yeah, and Arizona, man, uh, they have nothing to be ashamed of. You know, losing in the World Series, like I said, they were projected to not even make the playoffs, and. They made it all the way to the World Series. They have a great young team. I definitely could see them coming back in the future. Um, in Texas, man, I mean, they won all the games on the road in the postseason. They were 
I think 11 and 0 in games on the road. And uh, who we just mentioned, Marcus Simeon, he played in every single game this year. I saw it was like 179 games. So he was great. Uh, and Corey Seager as well, winning the World Series MVP. That's what you can do in baseball, man. Building through free agency, they they signed those two guys. Uh, it's big free agent contracts a year ago, and it paid off. They were two of the main staples in this team winning the World Series. Yeah, cra- crazy what spending a little money uh, can do for your team. Uh, take take notes, uh, Chris Illich. Um, man, man, that's just, as as a Tigers fan, it's just it just hurts seeing all these guys. Uh, you know, all these teams spending money, and then hey, look at that—they have success. It's it's almost like spending money in baseball gives you, you know, success crazy how that works right but yeah man it was it was just a a really solid season from texas obviously they were under the radar all season and so was arizona and like you said man they have nothing to be ashamed of when you're not expected to go to the uh, to even make the playoffs and you go to the world series you know that that is it, it takes a lot from a team to do that and and arizona has nothing Nothing to be ashamed of from this series, man. That wraps up the uh, the MLB season there. So we're going to get back uh, to football now. Uh, back to uh, covering uh, this weekend slate of games for the NFL. In Germany, we have the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Kansas City's a one-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Um... You know, I, I I can't really say this is a road game for the Dolphins, but I also can't say it's a home game for the Chiefs. Um, again, it is in Germany. Uh, but look, I I think I think the Dolphins are gonna win this one. Uh, the the Chiefs' offense, there there's just something wrong there. Um, and Miami's offense has proven that that they can go up against some pretty tough defenses and uh, and score. And the Chiefs. It it, it baffles it, it it baffles me how their defense is actually better than their offense this year, which we haven't seen that in forever with this team. Uh, they're they're heavily offensive, you know, minded team, and this year, man, that offense just isn't going. So I'm gonna go with Miami in this one. Uh, I think it's gonna be a close game still, but uh, yeah, man, Miami's gonna take this dub. Yeah, I think so too, man. Just the Chiefs. Um... Don't look that impressive. They were horrible last week. Usually when teams are pretty bad against bad teams, they'll bounce back the following week. But I like Miami in this game too, man. I just I think their offense is going to be too much to handle, and they're going to go crazy, even though uh, both teams are going to be dealing with the travel, which is going to definitely affect them. I feel like the London games were the same way where uh, teams just didn't play as well there. So... We'll see, but I think that uh, Miami's going to take this one. Yeah, it's just everything's looking like like Miami's going to win. And, yeah, the Chiefs might bounce back after a bad loss. But right now, man, I I just – I couldn't even put the Chiefs, you know, in my top five uh, teams right now, man. They've just been playing very mediocre football. The Ravens will host the Seahawks on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Baltimore is a six-point favorite in this one. Um, and, and look, I, I think Baltimore, they, they are at times a good team. At other times, they're a very bad team. Other times, they're kind of just average. Uh, Seattle, though, I feel like they're pretty consistent. Um, 
and and I feel like uh, Geno Smith can you know pull some stops out here, and he's gonna get them the win here. I think Seattle wins by probably about a field goal in this one. I think that this is gonna be a very close game here. Uh, both these teams have done super solid up until this point. But I think I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one, the home team. I think it's probably about a field goal win for the Ravens. Uh, they've looked a little bit more impressive. Uh, the Seahawks have definitely played well as well. But Geno, uh, you know, he's had his struggles here. Um, you know, uh, the last couple weeks, they've, you know, they barely squeaked past the Browns, and the Cardinals was even a little close game as well. So I'm going to go with the Ravens on this one. Yeah, this, I think no matter what, is going to be a very close game here. Uh, the Browns will host the Cardinals. The Browns are an eight-point favorite in this one. Um, look, uh, the Browns' defense is really good. Uh, Arizona's offense, now they don't have Josh Dobbs in this one. Um, obviously, he got traded away uh, to... Uh, uh, to Minnesota here, so I believe Clayton Toon will be starting uh, for Arizona, as I believe Kyler Murray's still also out, which uh, obviously is not uh, something that you want to um, have, but it is what it is. I think Cleveland wins this one. Uh, Arizona's defense also blows. I know the Browns' offense isn't that good, but, I mean, they're still going to probably outscore uh, Arizona pretty well here. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns, too. Just can't trust Arizona where they're at right now. Uh, Only got the one win. You know, they're pretty dang bad. So even though Cleveland is uh, beat up at points here on their team, I think that that they'll take the win here. Texans host the Bucks. Houston's just a three-point favorite in this one. Um, Look... The Texans have been struggling the last few weeks, especially C.J. Stroud. He has not been playing his best ball like he was uh, early on in the season. Uh, the Bucks are trying to find a way to bounce back after a couple bad losses, obviously, to uh, Detroit. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, losing to Detroit and also uh, losing uh, to the Falcons and the Bills. So they're... They're on a they're on a bit of a skid here, um, in this one, uh, but I, I think uh, Tampa is the better team overall. I think Baker's gonna make something happen in this one. I know Stroud has been struggling a lot lately, and but I think this is gonna be a very close game. Um, I, I could see it by you know literally a last second field goal or something, but I, I just think Tampa has a slightly better team, so I'm gonna go with Tampa in this one. Um. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a, another very close game. I'm going to go with Houston, though, which is crazy because I didn't think I'd be picking them much at all this year. But um, I think CJ Straw has a nice bounce-back game here after the uh, loss to the Panthers last week. He's got something to prove. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans. Yeah, look, look, part of me wants to pick the Texans. I just – I don't know, man. I don't know if CJ Straw can bounce back uh... – but, you know, he, he very well could. It's just, you know, a matter of really if he can. The Saints host the Bears. The Saints are just a uh, eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, look, the Bears blow. They have no offense at all. Their defense is garbage. 
the Saints at least have somewhat of a pulse. Um, you know, I think I, I believe Derek Carr is is playing too. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Saints in this one. They're definitely gonna cover as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Saints as well. Um, they are just, um, you know, the better team. You know, the Bears are are just you can't trust what they're doing, man. They were looking and still look like one of the worst teams in the league. So I'm definitely wrong with the Saints here. Yeah, there's there's just there's just so much that that the Bears just blow at, and you know, well, the Saints. They're a winning team. They're they're definitely in their uh, their division fight. So, I, I think they definitely have a chance uh, to win this division still. Because man, that that NFC South is so bad. Uh, the Falcons will host the Vikings. Atlanta's a four point favorite in this one. Uh, look, uh, Heineke's now the starter for for the Falcons. Obviously, Josh Dobbs got traded to Minnesota. He's their starter now, but he ain't an upgrade from from. Uh, uh, whoever their fucking backup is in Minnesota, um, he ain't a backup, uh, or he he ain't he ain't that much better. And it no Justin Jefferson. Atlanta has a, a top ten defense uh, statistically. I'm gonna go with Atlanta in this one. I think they have a lot more going for them. Uh, Minnesota's offense is on you know on its last legs here, and their defense is okay. The Fal- but you know the Falcons, I think I think are just gonna run the hell out of the ball using Bijan. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm going with Atlanta this one. They're gonna definitely cover as well. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Atlanta as well. You know, Jay Jettas is still out. Josh Dobbs, this is gonna be his first game with the Vikings. I think things are gonna be shaky. Uh, I think Atlanta. Honestly, I'm glad they finally made this move to Taylor Heineke, even though Taylor Heineke's not that great. Uh, I would take him over Desmond Shitter, man, like all day. He just he's been there and done that. He he can definitely run an offense. But I think like you said, Bijan's just gonna have a nice hundred yard uh game and he's gonna go off. Yeah, I, I just no, I, I just don't think the Vikings offense is gonna be able to hold up, especially with just how much is going wrong for them right now. And Atlanta's defense again, like I said, they're top ten defense statistically, so you know. I think Atlanta has all the cards in their hand. Green Bay will host the L.A. Rams. Uh, Green Bay is actually a three-point favorite in this one. Uh, both both these teams are coming in with a losing record. Um, obviously, the Packers, we know just how bad they are. The Rams are also uh, lately playing some pretty bad uh, football after a pretty strong start to the year. It's, it seems like since Cooper Cup came back, they just haven't been able to do a whole lot, which is kind of weird um but yeah I, I think I'm gonna go with the Rams still uh the the Packers defense really really sucks and uh yeah man I I, th- I think the uh I think the Rams pull off the W here yeah I like the Rams as well it's gonna be tough though because I believe Stafford uh you know is out or you know he's still dealing with that injury so it's gonna be tough to see uh what happens there, but Jordan Love, man, he's just not it. I mean, he fooled us so much week one, man. It was the Bears. He had that great game, and then ever since then, it's been horrible. He's like, I think I saw today out of the quarterbacks, he ranks 28th, and uh, I'm not sure if it was QBR or, or what 
QB statistic, but he's definitely down there, man. So I'm going to go roll with the Rams. Yeah, I, I just I, – I don't see how the Packers' offense is going to really do anything, man. I, it's just they're, – they're just so bad. Jordan Love, yeah, I think it is QBR. He's he's uh, the worst in the, uh, in the league with it. Uh, New England is going to be hosting the Commanders. Uh, New England's actually a three-point favorite in this one. Um, look, the Commanders' offense is kind of just there. It's just not great. It's not good, but it ain't terrible. It's just kind of like middle of the road. That said, they lost their entire defensive front, obviously, with uh, uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young both being gone, man. They have no pass rush now. Um, I know New England's offense is shit, man, but I think New England could probably squeak this one out considering just how bad the Commander's defense is now. Yeah, um, Commander's, of course, train off uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Uh, I just, I do not believe in New England, man. I'm going to still roll with the Commanders here. I know that their defense uh, took a huge hit with no pass rush, it feels like now. But, I mean, is Mac Jones really going to do anything? I, I can't see it, man. I'm going to go with the Commanders. Yeah, look, I, I, this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Close game, though. Um, I just, when you don't have a pass rush, man, you're you're going to allow... You can allow bad quarterbacks to have good games if you don't have a pass rush. And now that commanders don't have one, man, I just I just think Mac Jones will at least be able to settle in a little bit and make better reads, make better throws, and they'll somehow pull out the W there. Uh, the Panthers host the Colts um, on uh, in the afternoon games here. Uh, Indianapolis just a two and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, Look, the, uh, the the Panthers blow. They, they finally got their win last week, man. And the Colts, they have not been good ever since Anthony Richardson went down. Um, but that said, man, I, the, the Colts are, are a much better team, I think, on both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to roll with the Colts here. I think they cover that two-and-a-half-point spread as well. Um, I, I feel like Jonathan Taylor is going to do a little bit more work this week, especially because the Panthers can't stop the run. Um so, yeah, man, I'm going to roll with the Colts on this. Yeah, I'm going with the Colts, too. I just – the Panthers stink. And, well, the Colts aren't much better. I just – I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a nice workload. I think he will step up in this game and uh, just take over. And I think that the Panthers, while they, you know they had that, that win last week, it wasn't a pretty one. It was definitely an ugly, low-scoring game. So if they do win, it's going to probably be similar. But I think that uh, Indy will come out with the win. Yeah, I think they definitely will in this one. Vegas hosts the Giants. Vegas, a, a two-point favorite in this one. Um, the Raiders, uh, obviously, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, they fired Josh McDaniels. Um and uh, they also fired uh, their uh, um, their their the, ger- the general manager, and Jimmy G got benched as well, uh, yep. all within the same day. Uh, their owner, obviously, he he is trying to blame everyone but himself for the mess that he's created there in Vegas. Um, look, I, I I think they're gonna win because the Giants are just that bad. <laughs> 
but it, seeing the way that that defense played, I, I almost want to think that Daniel Jones might tear this team up. Um, but let, let's face it, that's not going to happen. Uh, I think the Raiders win. This is going to be a very low-scoring game, though, regardless. I, I think we're going to see something like like a 14-13 a, a win. Like It's, it's going to be very close, and it's going to be very low-scoring. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think that um, it's just uh, it's tough for both teams because the Giants have been so bad on both sides of the ball. And then the Raiders, who the Lions literally just sent into rebuild mode with uh, them canning everyone. So I think I'm going to go with the Raiders here. I think that their defense will will hold up because – even against the Lions, I mean, even though the Lions were driving down the field, their red zone, they were stopping them in the red zone. So I think Max Crosby, um, you know, will play a factor here. And I'm going to go with the Raiders. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the Raiders will win this. This is still going to be just a very low-scoring game. That, uh, I mean, like, the and, you know, the Lions did struggle in the red zone. I don't even think the Giants are going to, might not even come close to the red zone. Maybe once or twice, but that's about it. I just think the Raiders' defense is a, is a lot better. Obviously, we know the Giants' defense is very bad, so I just, yeah, it, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think Vegas just just barely pulls this one out, though. The Eagles host the Cowboys in Philadelphia here. Uh, Philly is just a three-point favorite in this one. Uh, Philly, obviously, they're the number one team in the league right now. They They're the only uh, team with one loss. Um, the Cowboys, their defense has been meh at times. Their offense has been okay at times. Just the Eagles, their offense is just so good, and their defense is also very, very solid. They're a top ten defense uh, statistically as well. Um, I, I think the Eagles win this one, man. They're at home. They have every single advantage uh, on both sides of the ball. So yeah, Eagles win this one. And I definitely think they cover that three and a half, uh, three point spread for sure. Yeah, I'm going the Eagles too. I just I think that they're better. Uh, I think they're probably the best team right now of anyone. And the Cowboys, man, they always choke those big games. So I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Bengals will host the Bills. The Bengals are just a two point favorite in this one. Actually, um, look, the the Bengals they've they've bounced back after a really rough start, just like they did last year. Um. Joe Burrow's been playing some really good football lately. The Bills have struggled at times this year, man. I mean, you, losses to uh, losses to the Jets definitely, you know, not the Jets. Uh, no, no, yeah, the Jets. Um, you know, almost losing to the Giants, uh, losing to the Jags, man. Like they they didn't play a whole. They haven't played, a, and they you know losing to the Patriots, man. They they've just been up and down. I think Cincinnati does win this game, man, especially just the way that they've been playing uh, so far this year. You know, they're, yeah, they've been slow to start, but, you know, they they picked it up and they've been consistent ever since and they've been winning and playing some damn good football. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you took uh, Cincinnati. I was thinking that we might have been split on this one, but I'm going the Bengals as well. The Bills haven't looked as great and Cincinnati, I think, is rolling right now. They've come off some big wins. I think it's their time, man. They're home in this game. I'm going the Bengals. Yeah, that, that home field advantage definitely is a factor in this one as well. 
Uh, I think the Bills will keep that close though the the entire game, but I just I just don't see them winning. Um, and then lastly, Monday night the Jets host the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers are just a three and a half point favorite in this one. Um, and look, the Chargers defense is pretty good. Um, they're a hell of a lot better than the Jets defense. No, 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 not a hell of a lot better than the Jets defense. Uh, you know, I, I think they'll definitely be able to stop Zach Wilson. Um, you know, and, and their offense, I think they're, they're going to struggle against that Jets defense, who's obviously, a, you know, one of the best defenses in the league right now. Um, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I do think L.A. pulls it off. I just don't see how the Jets are going to score a whole lot of anything. They haven't been able to score a whole lot uh, this season. Yeah, they're they're 4-3, and three, and they've got some pretty clutch victories. Obviously, you know, the win over the Bills, which no one saw coming. Um, yeah, man, I, th- I think the Chargers win this one, uh, but, you know, just barely. Yeah, I think so, too. Um you know, them, them Chargers, man, uh, can't be trusted. But I think in this one, I just – I like them more over uh, the Jets in this one. I don't think the Jets have any offense. And um, I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one, especially because they have a, a big game the following week, of course, against the Lions. So they got to come out with a big win. Yeah, they go into that game uh, next week against the Lions – um, at home, off a win against a damn good defense in the Jets. It's going to be a nice game for sure. So that wraps up uh, this week's uh, slate of games. We're going to do some, uh, some NFL power rankings. Obviously, we didn't get into that uh, on Tuesday's episode like we normally do. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, going into this week, your top ten is uh, pretty interesting. So, at number 10 is the Seattle Seahawks. They move up into the top 10. They were in 11th last week. Um, obviously, they had a win over Cleveland, whose who's, uh, you know, defense is pretty damn good this year. Uh, so, um, you know, I you could argue, yeah, Seattle definitely a top 10 team this year. I, I, I think they're fine right there. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I think that they are different on that borderline, but I, I like them in the top ten. Staying at number nine, the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know they they had a you know a, a decent week uh, this week. Um, that said, man, uh, they they haven't been playing the best football uh, this week or not this week this year. Um, you know, so I, I think they, uh, I, I think you know they are top ten teams still, uh, but they they need to you know fix a lot of problems. Obviously, they they addressed the corner issue on defense, um, so so I, I think I think that definitely will help them uh, long term. So I, I think right there at nine, pretty damn good. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's a solid solid spot for them. Moving down five spots to number eight, <clears throat> the, the 49ers. Um, three losses in a row now. Brock Purdy is a fraud. You know, their defense obviously just got massively upgraded by adding uh, Chase Young. So, I mean, we, we could probably see them start looking a lot better, at least defensively now. 
I still think Brock Purdy's a fraud, but uh, yeah, man, this three losses in a row, man, against some pretty subpar teams. Not, it's just not it. I think they're pretty good there at number eight. Yeah, I can't believe that they've dropped to five and three, man. I thought, I thought they were gonna possibly go undefeated, possibly one or two losses. Now they got three. They're banged up right now, but I mean, you have to drop them. I mean, if they keep losing games, you can't you can't keep them up at the top. Even though on paper they probably got the best team in football. Yeah, there's just there's just a lot going on right now. I don't know what, but that offense just for some reason fell apart. But they have a very scary uh, pass rush now with uh, with Nick Bosa and uh, Chase Young. So we'll see how that goes uh, the rest of the season. Obviously, they're on a bye this week, so. Um, we won't be able to see that in action just yet. Uh, staying at number seven, the Detroit Lions. Um, I think this is a good spot for them. I mean, obviously, getting blown out by Baltimore is pretty embarrassing. It dropped them out of the top five when they did that, and deservingly so. Uh, but this week, you know, obviously a pretty decent win over the Raiders. The red zone offense did struggle, though, which is kind of concerning. Um, but... You know, David Montgomery's the workhorse in the red zone, which I think that probably played a bit of a factor in that. Uh, but Jameer Gibbs, obviously, like we saw on Tuesday, breakout game for him. Really, really good game for him. Uh, and the defense obviously stood out as well. I think number seven here is still pretty damn good, though. Yeah, number seven's good. I'd like to see him a little bit higher, but again, that's probably just uh, some bias there. But um, I'm glad to see they're going back up in the rankings. Yeah, there, there's some teams ahead of them. I, I would definitely put uh, behind them, just based on the you know the way they've been playing. But we'll get into that when we get into that. Uh, going up two spots, the Dallas Cowboys. They're number six. Um, obviously, they uh, uh, you know have been on and off all season. You know, the loss to the Cardinals was obviously embarrassing for them. Uh, and then they lost to San Francisco, which I think, you know, at the time we all thought, hey, well, San Francisco's, you know, the best team. And now they've kind of proven that they're not. But um, Dallas, man, they've been pretty damn good at times. Offensively, you know, uh, you know, they, they were they, – like this week they played some pretty damn good football, especially Dak. He looked really, really good. Um so, yeah, man, I, I think this is pretty good where they're at, at number six. I wouldn't really want to put them any higher, but I don't think I'd put them lower either. Yeah, I think that's solid. I mean, they had a really dominant performance, so got to give them some credit there. But, yeah, I don't think any higher than that would be. I think that where they're at right now is fine. Uh, moving up just one spot to number five, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, look. They're they're six and two team right now. Um, I I think there's a team ahead of them that I would put them ahead of, uh, just because yeah Jacksonville kind of struggled, but lately they've been playing some pretty good games. Um, you know they they started off you know one and two on the season, but they they've they've won five in a row now and pretty convincingly as well. Um, I would pro- I'd probably put them at like that number four spot, uh, but. Yeah, they're definitely a top-five team right now. They're definitely playing like it. Yeah, Jacksonville's been solid. I like them at number five. 
Only reason why I don't like them at number five is because at number four, dropping three spots is the Kansas City Chiefs. Look, that offense has just been struggling all year long. Uh, obviously, they lost to Detroit, which isn't all too bad, uh, considering how good Detroit is. Um, but then you lose to the Broncos, and you damn near lost to them the first time you played them this year. Um, and you've only gone over 30 points uh, twice this entire season, and that was against abysmal teams. And even bad teams like the Broncos, you, you weren't even close to putting up 30 points on. Uh, I just I can't agree with them being at this number four spot, especially when you have teams that are actually playing really good ball and beating good teams and you know making bad teams look bad. And Kansas City hasn't even been able to make bad teams look bad in their wins. I just... There's something just wrong with Kansas City right now. I don't know what it is, but something just is not working with, out with Mahomes right now. Yeah, um, I think four is fine. I mean, I'm fine dropping them to like five, maybe even six, just because, like you said, their wins haven't been too impressive. The only real impressive, well, they beat the Chargers, which was pr- which was probably their biggest win, um, and then they stomped over the Bears, but. Other than that, they haven't scored more than 25 points, I think, in any of those other games. So uh, I definitely feel like uh, they can't be any higher than where they are and maybe even drop them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely put Jacksonville over them. I'd probably put uh, Dallas and even maybe Detroit just because Detroit has the head-to-head win over them. But... Obviously, also, you know, the Lions got blown out by Baltimore, so a little bit of uh, reasoning behind that. Uh, At number two, going up two spots is – or no, at number three, my bad. Uh, But they still also went up two spots, the Miami Dolphins. um, Look, man, they've been playing some damn good ball. Outside of the road games, man, they have been really dominant. Um, And, and, you know, they they played, uh, you know – who who did they play this week? Um, we we literally just covered it. Uh, you know they beat the Patriots thirty one to seventeen. Um, yeah, man, I just the the Dolphins have been really good. I think they're still probably the AFC favorite in my mind. Uh, it's just if they can start winning on the road and looking a lot better on the road, they'll definitely lock in that AFC favorite. Yeah, I think so too. They they have the offense to go all the way. Just gonna be that if that defense can hold up. Yeah, if that defense can at least hold up somewhat, man, they they could very well see themselves at least in a deep playoff run. Uh, going up two spots to number two though is the Baltimore Ravens. I I think honestly these both these two teams, the the Ravens and the Dolphins, they're you know they're, they're both I think the favorites for the AFC right now. Um, obviously Baltimore has a really really good defense. Um, and it's going to get healthier as the year goes on too, which is definitely going to help. And Lamar, as much as I don't like him, man, he's been playing a lot better ball, uh, to start er, the last couple of weeks now, obviously that huge win over the Lions definitely, you know, made him look good, made him look a lot better than he really is in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, man, the, the Ravens have been really good lately. Yeah, I mean, they dominated, man. That's what you got to do to prove yourself to be high up in the power rankings. So, you know, against Arizona, 
they won wasn't as dominant, but they uh, they have some dominant wins. Yeah, that's for sure. And then lastly, going up one spot to the number one spot is obviously the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, yeah, look, they're seven and one. They've they have obviously the best the best record in the league. Um, you know, AJ Brown the last six weeks has put up at least 125 receiving yards in every single game. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is playing at an elite level. Uh, DeAndre Swift has been playing some damn good football, and they obviously have one of, if not the best, offensive lines. And their defense has also been very dominant. Yeah, they've played some close games, especially against some pretty bad teams in their division, like uh, like the Commanders, um, almost losing to them the first time they played. And then last week, they, they only beat them by a touchdown. Uh, but yeah, man, look, Philly is just dominant. I, I think they're definitely, right now, the, uh, the Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, they're definitely the number one team, even though they were shaky at points in the games this season. I mean, still only uh, one loss. They're the only one loss team now, so got to put them at, uh, at number one. Yeah, and I mean, look, they've just been flat-out dominant for the most part outside of some, you know, at times shaky games. But, yeah, uh, so that wraps up your NFL Power Ranking Blitz uh, so now we're going to get into this weekend's college football top 25 matchups. Um, we'll, we'll start it right off with the new number one team. The Ohio State Buckeyes are on the road against Rutgers. OSU is an 18.5 point favorite in this one. Rutgers, man, they're bowl eligible now. They're 6-2 and two right now. They're actually one of the better teams in the uh, uh, in the Big Ten East. I believe they're... they're yeah, they're fourth place right now in the uh, uh, in the Big Ten East. Um, they they've been playing some damn good football. Their defense is is a, uh, I believe they're they're top ten against the run, uh, and and they're I think like ranked like forty first in overall uh, defense. Um, Ohio State's offense has not been looking good at all. Uh, they've struggled a lot against some pretty below average teams. Um, I, I think, I think, you know, this is going to be a, a pretty close game. I don't think OSU is going to come close to covering that 18 and a half point spread. Uh, that said, they probably could just because their defense is, you know, elite and Rutgers offense is kind of just average. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I think Ohio state wins this one. I would love to see the upset. Rutgers could really do something funny here, but yeah, we're, I think Ohio state will win this one. Man, Rutgers will and always will be trash, man. I, I can't even believe that they uh they got six wins this year. I actually think Ohio State's gonna cover. I think that Ohio State's gonna gonna destroy Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers has definitely been better than I thought, but uh, I just I don't have faith in them against the top team, man. I mean, they beat Michigan State, but. Michigan State literally was up, what, 18 going in the fourth, and Michigan just slaughtered them 49 nothing. So it's like, I think Ohio State is going to have no problem with Rutgers. No, and look, if you told me that Rutgers was going to be the, uh, the fourth-place team uh, in the, uh, in the uh, Big Ten East uh, going into this uh, into the season, I probably would have actually believed it just because – 
you know, obviously MSU's horrible, Indiana's horrible, and and Maryland, you know, yeah, they're they're okay, but you know, I, I thought maybe yeah, that fourth place spot would probably be down between Rutgers and Maryland, um, and and it really is down to it. I mean, you know, Maryland's obviously five and three, and Rutgers is six and two right now, um, but yeah, man, uh, Rutgers a lot better than I think a lot of people thought they would be this year. I saw it coming in that they'd probably be, you know, one of the best, you know, Big Ten teams in general, and they've kind of almost proven it. Um, I, I believe if you look at the overall standings, they're like like sixth or seventh, which is, you know, average for the Big Ten, but not bad at all. Uh, number three, Michigan hosts Purdue on Saturday night. Michigan, a 32-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, this is the rematch, I guess you could call it, for from uh, for last year's uh, Big Ten title game. Um, look, Purdue last last year they were, uh, you know, in the Big Ten title game. This year, Michigan's about to make them not bowl eligible. Uh, Purdue's two and six right now. Another loss that that makes them that takes them out of bowl eligibility. Um, yeah, I think Michigan wins this one. They're definitely going to cover. Yeah, I think so too. It's. Uh... It's going to be a nice, easy win for uh, Michigan here. Michigan, obviously dominant, but, uh, you know, they, they know produce plays. Um, so uh, they're going to dominate just because of that. Um, look, I'm a Michigan fan. I All this stuff going on. We'll, we'll talk about this in future episodes, especially once we know a lot more and actually have some facts and not just, you know, allegations and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just – I don't even think they need to steal Purdue signs. I mean, they're just so much better of a team. Uh, number seven, Texas hosts number 23, Kansas State. Texas is a four-point favorite in this one. Um, look, Kansas State, uh, you know, they started the season off ranked in the AP polls. They fell off. Uh, now the college football playoff committee has put them into the rankings. They're at 23. They've been playing some damn good football lately. Uh, Texas has kind of struggled. Obviously, they don't have Quinn Ewers now, which definitely hurts them. I think they pull off the win here, but I think this is going to be a very, very close game. Yeah, I'm going to go Texas as well. Um, I think it will be close, but I don't think that uh, Kansas is going to really have uh, much of a shot. Uh, Like you said, they just got ranked again. So we'll see how they do. but I'm going Texas. Number 10, Ole Miss will host Texas A&M. They're just a three-point favorite in this one. Um, look, Ole Miss, they are fun to watch. Their offense is stellar. Their defense kind of, you know, middle of the road. They're not really that good, but they're not, you know, great. They're not bad, though. Um, but, look, Texas A&M, they can't score and you know they their their defense kind of blows. I think Ole Miss is gonna way way more than cover this three point spread. Yeah, I got Ole Miss too. Um, I actually really like their team, so I think that they're they're gonna have no problem. Yeah, I, I think I think Ole, like Ole Miss is my favorite SEC team. So uh, you know they've been just really fun to watch, man. Uh, Clemson will host number 15, Notre Dame. Notre Dame just a three-point favorite in this one. Um, look, no, uh, Notre Dame, they're pretty decent. You know, they're they're not, you know, 
the worst team ever, but they're definitely not a top 10 team by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but that said, Clemson is just horrible this year. Um, I, I think Notre Dame uh, is definitely going to cover this three-point spread. I, I think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I think so too. I think Notre Dame's just a way better team. Clemson is not one of the top teams this year. Uh, I'm going to go to Notre Dame. Clem- Clemson, I I know they're at home, man, but fuck. That's just, they're so bad, man. Uh, Tennessee, number 17, Tennessee hosts UConn. Uh, man, Tennessee is a 36-point favorite in this one. UConn blows. I mean, they're 1-7, dude. I mean, they are, this is, this is you know, cupcake week for Tennessee. Uh, yeah, Tennessee's going to eat a bunch of husky ass for, uh, for fucking dinner on this. On this in this game, yeah. easy win there. I mean, no explanation. One and seven, they're not gonna win. No fucking way. Uh, number eighteen, Utah hosts Arizona State. Utah ten and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, yeah, look, uh, Utah obviously a loss last week to Oregon, getting blown out by Oregon. Um, not something you want to do, especially when I had you as, as a favorite to win the Pac-12, but I, I don't think they're going to be playing that Pac-12 championship game now, especially with two losses. Um, but that said, Arizona State, not a good team at all. Uh, obviously, they, they, they held you know uh, Washington to fif- only 15 points uh, and you know no offensive touchdowns in, this, in that game, but I, I think Utah is going to – you know, take care of business here. I think they cover that ten and a half points. Yeah, I think so too. I think that they're gonna take care of business on this one, and you know, the ten and a half point spread. I think I think they're gonna handle business as well. Yeah, number twenty five, Air Force is hosting Army. Uh, Seventeen and a half point favorites is Air Force. Uh, look, Army has struggled a lot this year. They obviously, you know. They can only run the ball. They can't. They don't know what what the forward pass is. Um, you know, they're still playing football like it's nineteen twenty. Um, Air Force is very dynamic offensively. They can run. They can pass. And obviously, you know, they're a Mountain West school. So if you're ranked as a Group of Five school, man, you're pretty. You're doing pretty damn good. Uh, I think Air Force wins. They definitely cover as well. Yeah, going Air Force here. Army just lost like sixty three nothing against LSU. They just don't have a good team. Air Force being ranked, uh, they're definitely solid. So I'm gonna go Air Force. Number two, Georgia hosts number twelve, Missouri. Uh, Georgia, fifteen and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, look, Missouri's been playing some damn good football this year. Obviously, the last few years they've been kind of a meme in the SEC, kind of like with uh, maybe not necessarily at Vanderbilt's level, but. But, you know, Florida level, right? Texas A&M level. Like, they can actually win some games on, like, Vanderbilt. But, man, they've been playing out of their minds this year. Um, I, I think this is going to be a much closer game uh, than what Vegas thinks, you know, being a 15.5-point spread. I think Georgia does win this one. But I, I think they're going to probably struggle early against Missouri. Maybe Missouri goes up two scores, but Georgia will come back. I mean, even without Brock Bowers last week, you know, they've – you know, they played pretty damn good football. I know it was against Florida, and I know it was neutral field and all that, you know, shit. But at the end of the day, man, I know Missouri's a much better team than Florida, but I, I just don't think Georgia's going to cover that 15.5 points. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with Brock Bowers being out, it's going to be tough. 
I do think that Georgia will win the game, but I think it it's it's possible they don't cover um, maybe a ten or fourteen point win instead. I I think it's going to be like a score uh, for Georgia here, man. It's it's just not. I, I think Missouri's a lot better than than what people will give them credit for, man. Like just the eye test alone tells you they're pretty damn good. Um, and obviously the record shows it as well. Uh, Pitt will host number four, Florida State. Florida State, a 21-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, look, Florida State this got off to a really strong start beating LSU. They struggled against Clemson. They struggled against Boston College. Last couple weeks, though, man, they have been, you know, lighting teams up again. Pitt blows. I'm taking Florida State, and they cover this one. Yeah, I'm going Florida State too, man. I mean, they are just the way better team, man. Um, easy win here for Florida State. Easy dub indeed. Uh, number 22, Oklahoma State hosts number 9, Oklahoma. Uh, in-state rivalry in this one. OU just a six-point favorite in this one. Uh, look, I Look, Oklahoma State. They were never ranked at all this year in the AP poll. Uh, the playoff committee f- thought they deserved to be ranked, and now they're in the rankings. Um, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to Oklahoma State this year, uh, but that said, they they're obviously they're six and two. They did beat Kansas State, um, and you know they they took they also beat a Kansas team that's very good. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I think, you know, this is going to be a very close game. Um, I, I think Oklahoma just barely pulls out the win, though. Yeah, I'm going to go Oklahoma as well. Um, I do think it's going to be a, a close game. But Oklahoma, they got to bounce back after that uh, loss that they just had, man. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost to a very good Kansas team. Uh, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it was a bad loss by any means. Uh, but yeah, I, I just don't think Oklahoma State's going to be able to handle uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Maryland hosts number eleven Penn State. Uh, Penn State's just an eight-point favorite in this one. Uh, look, I, I think this is going to be a pretty pretty close game. Penn State's defense, obviously, one of the best, if not the best, in the country. Uh, their offense just fucking sucks. Um, Maryland's offense is pretty damn good. Their defense is kind of shit. Um, I, I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I, 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 maybe not low-scoring, but, you know, around 40 points total uh, in this game. I think Penn State does cover this eight-point spread, though. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I would not be shocked, though, if Maryland keeps this very, very close, though, because just, you know, they, they did hold Ohio State to just 17 points in a half, and then, obviously, it blew up in their face. But, yeah, man, I think Penn State definitely wins. I think they cover, but... I could see this getting close. Yeah, I think it'll be close, but uh, I'm definitely going to go with Penn State here. Number 13, Louisville hosts Virginia Tech. Uh, Louisville, a nine-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Uh, Look, Louisville's been playing some damn good football this year. Uh, Virginia Tech has been okay at times. Um, they've, They've certainly... They're certain, they certainly have a better record than I thought they would have this year to sit in 4-4 four and four right now. I thought they'd be sitting in that 2-6, and 3-5 range right now, but uh, they aren't too far off from that anyways. But 
Uh, yeah, I think Louisville wins this one. I think they definitely cover as well. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Louisville as well. Um, definitely, I feel like we'll be close, but uh, I'm gonna go with Louisville. East Carolina hosts number 24 Tulane. Tulane's a 17 point favorite in this one. Uh, look, East Carolina, they're one and seven. Tulane is a ranked Group of Five school. You gotta go with them as a as a favorite. I think they're definitely gonna win this one. Uh, their offense has been really good this year. Their defense, like I said, has struggled at times, but they're able to keep themselves afloat, and they're 7-1 and one right now. I think Tulane easily covers this 17 points over East Carolina. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, 17-point favor, and Tulane's not even that great. They for sure got this one. Number six, Oregon hosts number tw- uh, hosts, Cal- hosts California. Uh, they're a 24 and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, obviously, Cal, you know they they've been pretty bad this year. They're sitting three and five right now. Um, you know they they did keep it very close with USC this past weekend, uh, with USC just winning by a single point. Um, you know they they kind of scared Washington a little bit at times. Uh, that said, though, I think Oregon obviously. You know they they're the clearly uh, the better team right now, and they are playing a lot better than really any of the SEC teams right now. I think Oregon obviously will cover this twenty four and a half points. Yeah, I think so too. Oregon, Oregon will be all right uh, in this one. Iowa State hosts number twenty one Kansas. ISU is actually a two and a half point favorite in this one. Um, look. I, I don't I don't buy that. Um, obviously Kansas I believe they have their 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 backup yeah their backup quarterbacks in right now. Um, uh, Bean he he's their backup. Uh, look I, I still think Kansas wins this one man. I I just I Iowa State has been pretty good this year, but man I just Kansas they they've been really good this year. Um, obviously, you know, they have two losses, but very close losses. And obviously they just beat Oklahoma. So yeah, man, I think Kansas wins this one. Yeah, I got Kansas as well. Um, had the big win, man. And I think they're going to continue it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, their, their second string quarterback beat, uh, beat Oklahoma. I mean, that's, that, that tells you something. Uh, number 20, USC hosts number 5, Washington. Washington, a three-point favorite in this one. Uh, that offense has struggled uh, the last couple of weeks. Obviously, no uh, you know, offensive touchdowns against Arizona State. And, you know, having a nail-biter with Stanford is not something that you want to be doing, um, especially if you want to have a chance at winning this Pac-12 title and getting yourself into the playoffs. Um that said, USC's defense is still allergic to tackling. Um, this is going to be a shootout, though, because Washington's defense isn't that great. Uh, obviously, you have two Heisman, you know, caliber quarterbacks going at it in this matchup. This is going to be a shootout. This is going to be a very high-scoring game, very entertaining game. If you like those, uh, if you if you like those high-scoring games where no one can play defense, you know, good on you, I guess. I find those games boring, but. Regardless, I think Washington wins this one. I think they cover as well. USC's defense is just trash, man. Yeah, USC gave up 50 to Cal. Like, yeah, their offense is not going to be able to 
keep up with uh, what Penix is going to do that defense. So I got Washington. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing, right? Is USC's offense is elite, but you know their defense is so bad, and Washington's offense is elite, but their defense is actually pretty decent. So I feel like Washington's defense will get a couple key stops, um, and that's basically going to help them help propel them to this win. Uh, number eight, Bama hosts number fourteen, LSU. Bama just a three point favorite in this one. I got LSU winning this one, man. Uh, their their offense has been electric this year. Their defense not electric, but Alabama has not looked the whole you know whole lot great. Um, I don't know why the committee felt that they should be at number eight. I don't. I just. I don't see that. But you know, there's a lot of SEC bias, so you know, of, of course, you got to put Bama at number eight. Uh, but that said, man, I think LSU is going to win this one. Yeah, man, I'm gonna go LSU too. I uh, I have a lot of faith in them. I think that they're going to uh, to win this one. Like I said, man, this is the year it ends for Saban. Um, anyways, uh, Colorado hosts number sixteen Oregon State. Oregon State a thirteen and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, look, Colorado obviously they're extremely overrated. Uh, Oregon State is. A very good uh, offensive team. Their defense has kind of struggled. I know they just came off a loss against Arizona. They're going to be looking to bounce back from that. Uh, Arizona, obviously, they have a really good defense right now. Um, and, yeah, man, I, I think Oregon State definitely wins this one. I think they cover that uh, 13 and a half points as well. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Colorado, man, just... They have not uh, been it, man. They were talked about so much, and then now they're just getting cooked on by teams. I think that uh, they're going to lose. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny. They've they've had things stolen out of their locker rooms now twice this year. Um, part, part of me wonders if it's just part of the fact that Dion doesn't know how to be an adult and, like, tell his, you know, students – student athletes that you know he's coaching to not go around flashing off all their jewelry and stuff that they got now and you know you know maybe people won't go into the locker room and go and steal it when you're not in there you would think you know the responsible adult is supposed to uh you know you know do that but you know he doesn't give a shit because he's not an adult man but regardless i think oregon state definitely wins this one and then lastly arizona Hosts number 19, UCLA. UCLA just a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, and look, Arizona, they've been playing some damn good football uh, lately. Obviously, the big win over Washington State, blowing them out, uh, beating Oregon State now. Uh, their defense has been incredible this year, uh, which is really good to see, especially heading into a very tough Big 12 next year. Um that's something that you want to see out of out of that team. Uh, or really, any team go, moving to the Big 12 is you want to have a really good defense going in there, man, because those offenses are really, really good. Um, that said, though, I think UCLA is going to pull off the W here. Uh, they they kind of been struggling lately. I, I just feel like their offense is going to be a little bit too much for Arizona's defense to handle. Um, but I, I could see this one being very close still, but I do think UCLA wins. Yeah, I'm gonna go with UCLA as well. Um, definitely, just the more solid team here. 
Yeah, that is for sure. So that wraps up this week's uh, college football top 25 uh, matchups. Uh, real quickly, though, we'll just cover uh, the other uh, team in the state of Michigan. Uh, Michigan State, they host Nebraska. Nebraska's a three-point favorite in this one. Um, look, man, I hate I hate to do it. I hate to do it to you, but I think Nebraska is going to win this one. They're five and three right now, which honestly I didn't think they'd be anywhere close to to five wins this year. Uh, they've been playing a lot better ball this year, and Michigan State they don't have a head coach. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think Nebraska wins. I think they cover that three points as well. Yeah, sadly I think so too. Michigan State just move on to next year, man. Just not your year. <laughs> it, it ain't their year at all, man. So yeah, that wraps up your college football games this week uh tuesday we said that we had a uh you there was a trade in the nba so let's talk about it man yes sir so um we had james harden getting trades so most of you nba fans will know james harden you know he's definitely not as good of a player as he once was but he's still probably a top 30 player in the league so he's still very solid he's on a big contract though and He's had issues with the 76ers front office, and he had requested a trade back a while ago, but they just really weren't honoring any requests that he had. And actually kind of gave in to the team he wanted to go to was the Clippers. So uh, Harden is traded from the 76ers to the Clippers. So looking at the full trade here, um, the... 76ers uh, get uh, Nick Batum, who is just washed up. He isn't really going to do much. Marcus Morris, same deal. Robert Covington, KJ Martin, probably the best player in the uh, in the deal. And then multiple draft picks. I believe it was two first round picks and I think a second round as well. Um, and then the Clippers received uh, James Harden, PJ Tucker, and uh, Philip Petrusev, who. I don't even know who that last guy is, so he's just a throw-in. Just a bench um, warmer, that's all. <laughs> yeah. They, they basically gave gave the Clippers a water boy. Yeah. Basically. So, um, this trade, I think it's, you know, solid. Of course, they really didn't have much leverage at all with Harden. He was actually sitting out. So, kind of what a um, – I'm trying to think of a similar situation. Uh do you think of a similar situation like in uh, football or something? Uh, well, like say like Jonathan Taylor, he was sitting out for contract negotiations. Yeah, Harden was doing the same thing, except for he was like, "Yeah, there's no way I'm coming back to this team. Just trade me." So they really didn't have much leverage with teams because they knew they they had to get rid of him. So, um, like I said, the players they did they got back weren't really the greatest. I mean, they'll be role players on the team, but none of them are going to stand out. Like you said, Batum is old and washed up. Morris is the, kind of the same way. Covington, same thing. They're all just old three and D players that really are old, not in past their prime, even as role players. KJ Martin's uh, probably the one that has the most potential to actually contribute something to that team, but it's going to be the draft picks that are going to help them out in the future. Man, if they can hit on one of those first round picks, uh, Philadelphia does not have a good history recently of drafting good players. They drafted Embiid, but the rest of the ones they've done during uh, the process have pretty much failed. They had 
uh, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, who was doing good and then uh, flared out, and Jill Okafor, New Orleans Noel, whole bunch of busts there. So we'll see if they can be better at drafting uh, with these picks here. And with the Clippers here, uh, I think that you know Harden, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, and Russell Westbrook now as well, that is a really solid lineup in the NBA, but I still don't think that they're championship favorites. I think they're, they're still probably third or fourth in the West. I would take the Suns over them. I would take the Nuggets over them. Uh, and then they're probably like right in line with like the Lakers and uh, the Warriors right now as like the next top team out West. So um, I think that the move for both teams is probably like a B, B minus. Uh, grade wise, um, just because the Sixers were able to get at least some uh, draft capital for Harden, which they knew they were going to need to move, but uh, the Clippers also really didn't give up that much. I mean, they gave up a couple picks and just a bunch of bum players. So we'll see how it goes in the future. But do you have any uh, thoughts on this trade? I know you're probably not too familiar with any of these guys uh, too well, but. I know you know James Harden. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I know James Harden. Um, look, I, I know he was sitting out, uh, so obviously I knew the, the Sixers were not going to get a whole lot back, and obviously they clearly didn't. Uh, you know, when, when a player's sitting out, you have no leverage in a trade, um, which, I mean, it, it does screw that team, but at the same time, if you're not, you know, sometimes I feel like these NBA teams give too much power to the players, um, you know, but it is what it is. The players do kind of at you know deserve some of the power that they do have. But yeah, man. Um, I I think obviously yeah the Clippers win this trade for sure. Um, I don't you know obviously I know the Sixers have a pretty bad draft record over the last few years as well. So are those picks really gonna really matter? Um, but yeah, man. It I mean, like I said. You know, the Sixers had no leverage here. It was obviously they needed to move Harden. You know, he's just sitting on the bench and you're paying him. So, I mean, yeah, um, interesting trade for sure. Definitely needed to happen. Uh, I saw, saw like, uh, like he he came into, like, the Clippers locker room and a whole bunch of guys were just happy that he was there. So, I mean, that's kind of cool, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's really it for me, man, from this. Obviously, I don't really know anyone else in this trade besides uh, James Harden, but... Uh, from what you you know you said, man, just a bunch of role players past their prime. That's you know all you're really gonna get for for someone who's sitting around and you know doing nothing just because he doesn't want to play there. Yeah, and even Harden himself is getting kind of old, man. He's 34, which I mean NBA terms, that's that's pretty old. I mean, once you start getting past like 35, you're starting to definitely get into the the old uh, the old man territory in the NBA. So unless you're LeBron. Yeah, LeBron's about to be 39 and still, like, top 10 in the league right now. Yeah, it's, it, you kind of com- almost compare LeBron to uh, to Ovechkin just the way that they just said screw the aging process. Uh-huh, for sure. But, uh, so, yeah, that wraps that up. And then lastly, we're going to get into something. Uh, obviously, we had a tragedy over the weekend in the hockey world. Uh, Adam Johnson, he played for uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. Uh, he died pretty much on the ice uh, over in England in a game. He had his throat cut open. 
Uh, very gruesome video. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not yet. Uh, I heard about the injury, but I, I kind of figured I've seen videos before in the past of uh, players, you know, getting hit in the neck with a skate and, you know, lacerated. So I wasn't really going out of my way to watch it. Yeah, you, you don't see a whole lot. You, you see a lot of blood gushing from his neck in the video, and that's about it. But, yeah, I mean, he died in the hospital. Um, you know, th- there was really nothing they could do. But, um, obviously, Matt Petgrave, the guy who uh, who cut him, is you know, a, a lot of people are saying he did it intentionally. Um, I've been playing hockey my whole life, man. I've never seen someone's legs kick up that high before. I think he did intentionally try to kick at Adam Johnson. I don't think he was trying to, like, you know, slash his no, throat or anything. Not, yeah. No, but I, I think yeah. he was definitely trying to kick at him. I've never seen, you know, someone's legs kick up that high just from taking a hit uh, or hitting someone for that matter. Um, unless, you know, someone went end over end. That's the only time you ever see that, but he didn't do that. I think he definitely tried to kick at him. Uh, that said, uh, th- there's possibly, you know, he's possibly looking at some action, but I know he said he's, you know, I know like he's sat out the last, uh, game now, uh, you know, personally for what happened. Like he, he sat himself out just because he's trying to process everything, which makes total sense. Uh, that said, um, you know, the NHL right now, they're looking at trying to come up with some, uh, you know, make mandatory neck protection for players. Uh, I know TJ Oshie tonight is, uh, has, has, you know, willingly worn a, a neck guard tonight. Um, the EIHL, which is a league that the, that Petgrave and Johnson are playing in over in England. Uh, they've, they've already came out. They've made neck guards mandatory for every single player now. And, uh, the WHL is the first junior league to also go ahead and implement neck guards. Um, the NHL it's going to be harder though because you have to go through the NHLPA and the NHLPA uh, safety. Uh, I forget the name of the their their safety. It, it's another acronym that's way too long. But um, yeah, um, obviously we got to find a way to figure out how to prevent things like this from happening. Um, obviously, you have goalies wearing neck guards all the time. That's been you know a thing forever now. Um, and like I said, Oshi is wearing one tonight. Um, he's the only player that I know of right now that's been, been, that's playing with one now. Uh, but yeah, the NHL, obviously they're looking to implement this. It's, but Gary Bettman said, you know, obviously they're looking into it. Uh, the NHLPA is looking into it, but trying to get it all to pass is going to be a, a issue. And then also they're, they're looking at more of like doing it with like mandatory visors, how they did, like kind of just grandfathering it in. Uh, so like if if you've been playing a certain amount of years in the league, you don't have to wear it, you know, sort of deal. So, um, but yeah, man, obviously it's a big tragedy. Um, Petgrave, he does have a very bad history. Like he makes Tom Wilson look like a clean player if you look at his history. Uh, he he was he's been suspended multiple times in. The uh, the junior levels, uh, the AHL, a couple times in the EIHL already. Um, he could be looking at a suspension just for this. Um, obviously, you know, like I said, he sat out. But man, uh, what's your what's your take on this with with neck protection in the NHL or just in hockey in general? I guess. Yeah. So I mean, 
I'm definitely for it. I mean, I don't really know how it's going to affect the players because this was a thing talked about in baseball actually for a while was uh, was pitchers wearing uh, like hard hats um, because there was a time maybe five, six, maybe even seven years ago where pitchers were getting thrown in the head on line drives back. Yep, I remember that. How can we protect our pitchers? And it never fully went through, but it was something that I was always for just for the player safety here. Um, like I said, if, if they, uh, feel comfortable with it, man, I'm, I'm all for, uh, them implementing this in, like I said, I don't know how it's going to affect the player, if it's going to be a burden on uh, some players, but I mean, anything to increase the safety without, uh, deterring the, um, uh, the skill or, you know, players getting fed up about it, hopefully, uh, they can do it. And also like, I know back in the day goalies used to not wear masks and stuff now it's like you know that would never happen nowadays i mean it's mandatory you gotta wear gotta wear some protection man yeah and and look the goalies have been wearing neck guards forever um you know since i believe like the 80s or 90s it's been mandatory for the goalies to wear it um oh she said that you know wearing the neck guard as a skater is not gonna affect you at all i mean it's literally like wearing almost like wearing like a turtleneck vest or sweater, um, it's just you know a a pad that comes up from your uh, uh, from your shoulder pads, and and it's just sit, and it just sits there, but it sits up tight against your neck, but enough, not not tight enough to where it's like you know moving with your neck. It just allows rotation in the neck. So he's he said it's it doesn't affect you at all, um, but yeah, man, I I think this I think neck guards mandatory neck guards is is the way to go. Um, obviously it is a freak accident. You know, you don't really see guys getting cut up anymore. Um, you know, if you, if you do, it's usually on the arms and it's usually cause someone just caught a, caught a skate at a weird angle and got cut up. But even then, you know, they have protective coverings on those arms and, you know, it cuts through, but it at least gives them a lot more protection. But I, I think it is the step in the right direction. Um, I wouldn't be shocked also to see more guys start willingly right now wearing neck guards out there. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm all for the safety on it. Um, I think it'd be great if the NHL and the NHLPA both decided that, like, yes, everyone needs to wear one because we can't have things like this. Yeah. Totally agree. So that wraps it all up for today we will be back on tuesday obviously with reviews uh power rankings uh you know college football rankings all that stuff whatever else happens in the crazy world of sports uh, obviously now we're out with uh, baseball's done so that's one less sport to, uh, for us to talk about unless you know some trades or whatever happens um yeah man with that said, rate, review, subscribe, help us out. Let us know, you know, hey, you know, we want you guys to talk more about this or, you know, whatever you guys want. We're here to listen. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Tuesday.